0: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the family with... Tevin Pittman. Mike Gelfan, And Andy Rappernard. We got it fully covered. We got every corner of the globe. What do you think?
1: I think it's it's wonderful.
0: You think the world is wonderful, or what are you, what are you saying? I, you what do you I, mean by wonderful? I doubt that.
1: I got my COVID shot. No. <laughs> exactly. I, but I got my COVID <laughs> shot on Monday, and I went through my 36-hour pain and, and, and discomfort. Well, oh, does it or,
0: give you pain, really?
1: Just just for like 36 hours, I, I feel like I've got a very mild case of the flu. Mm-hmm. I don't sleep much. Yeah. I, I ache. <clears throat> i got a little fever. But more than anything, it's just that, you know, this sort of feverish thing you get in your head when your head seems all fuzzy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the part I hate the most. But, it, I mean, it's, it's obviously a very small price to pay. I think it is. I mean, I realize a lot of people think it's uncool to get COVID shots. This was my sixth.
0: I had three shots and two boosters, and still got COVID twice.
1: Yeah. I, I, so you've had you until now. Yeah, you and I had the same three shots and two boosters. Yeah, yeah that's but, exactly but it. But that's the whole thing, and people should know that. Uh, if you if you want to if you want to really you know cover all the bases, you, you got to stay away. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> uh, you got to stay away from crowds. That's a big thing. Oh, yeah. Thing. I, yep.
0: I'm sure that's true. And I know yeah.
1: you couldn't stay away from crowds.
2: Yeah, that's no, the thing. No true. amount of shots or masks is going to do anything for you if you're just constantly being coughed on by Yeah, and the spit disease. on in your case, right? Yep. Yeah, by one of the
0: stupidest people I've ever met.
2: <laughs> well. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs>
0: yeah. And,
2: and there's
1: nothing worse than stupid spit.
0: I wouldn't. What if it catches on with you? That's right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, what do you think is this whole she thing? She comes to town and everybody just kisses his ass at high noon she? What? What? Mm-hmm. China. She? You guys don't know who she is. China? It's
1: not S H E. It's
0: yeah. I thought you were oh, trying to say Xi, Xi, Jinping. Xi Jinping. Yeah. Yeah. Xi Jinping is his yeah. name. You yeah. would think Xi Xi, Jinping, yeah.
1: Xi Xi and B.B. would get along.
0: Yeah, B.B. and Xi <laughs> You're right. They don't.
1: It's a marriage made in heaven, but they hate each
0: other. I know. It's unbelievable, but. Yeah, he was in town in San Francisco, I think, right? They they met in San Francisco, and basically we talked about how wonderful China is. Well, they're trying to destroy the world with TikTok. But, you know, other than that, everything's good. Yeah, and the fact that he murdered how many millions of people.
1: And and the fact is that, that we don't like it, but we have to deal with them in some yeah. way. Yeah, we do. You know, because because it's not like it used to be. We can't just bomb them. You know, they're, 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 it would never work, uh, and we've had, we had enough wars anyway. Well, I'm but. glad
0: you brought that up. Do you think we can resolve these two issues, whether it's the Ukraine or mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, Palestine or whatever it is? Can can we get this resolved? And because everybody thinks now, uh, the anger is going to get worse. They're going to tank the world economy. It's going to get really hideous. Do you think that?
1: Well. I happen to be a pessimist, but uh, <laughs> not you. That what? may go a little too far, even for me. I hope so. My God, but yeah, it's it's ugly and it's wrong and it's morally it offensive and and it's logically offensive, and it's been brewing forever. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, nobody was able to step in and and uh, I hate to use the, the cliche, but you know, get the temperature in the room down a little bit. But, but you well, know, Wouldn't you have, be nice? Well, you have politicians, and and, and this, I, I don't always, I don't like to say on both sides, because I, I don't believe it's always, that, that there's always that kind of equilibrium. Right. But in this case, you know, what you have is you basically have tyrants who thrive on hostility and violence. They
0: do. You're absolutely so right. So what's
1: going to happen?
0: You know what they basically have, you know where I think, and it's happened before throughout history, but I don't think that gangster movies helped. Yeah. yeah, glorifying that kind of behavior. Glorifying <laughs> that behavior. I don't think that was a good idea. Look, I don't think the Godfather glorified it, but it turned out glorifying it.
1: Yeah.
2: I Well, I mean, it was interpreted as glorifying. Yeah. By yep. people who missed the point terribly. But you could say the same thing about the Sopranos, about Mad Men. Look at Absolutely. Westerns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every Western I've ever seen, it's like, Twenty men go into a saloon and one man comes out and everyone's like, That looks like a good way to live to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd be fun. It's very easy to make people miss, you know, the uh bad things when you make someone look cool while doing the bad things. Right.
3: Well, I mean that's what happened with like Bernie Madoff when he was yeah. making all that money running, you know, the mob or Ponzi schemes and shit yep. like that. Like you get and who was the mobster uh in New York that was huge that everybody glorified
2: um oh uh, capone was one. no, no he's talking about no, john god he yeah. yeah, yeah. was Gotti, another yeah. Yeah. yeah where
3: he's out here murdering people and he's everybody's like oh my gosh we love him he's so yeah. nice i <laughs> like,
0: know yeah.
1: what oh yeah and you know you got women thousands of women writing love letters to these guys oh, in yeah. prison
0: yep it is pretty amazing so none of them write to me that whole well, no. you're not in prison.
1: I, yeah. Well, I'm not willing to go that far. I'm desperate, but not that desperate. <laughs> oh
3: yeah.
0: All
1: it takes is a quick stay
3: at the federal penitentiary to find the love of your life.
1: <laughs> and plus, i I saw for a few minutes. I I saw the new dating show with the 70 year old guy, and the. Oh
0: yeah, the Golden Bachelor is that yeah, what it's called? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I I don't know. I know a lot of 70 year old guys. I don't know one who is craving for a 70 year old woman, and vice versa. I might add.
0: You're probably right about that. Yeah.
1: So, you know, because, well, let's face it, you're 70, you're ornery. It's it's not, you know, there really is no honeymoon. That's, that's all I'm saying. Like, oh, I like to tonight, but my back hurts, you know. Yeah. There's always something between the two of them, I'm saying.
0: Is that show any good? I've never watched. I have it. no idea. No, I idea. assume it's just like every other Bachelor. Yeah. You know, it's probably. just a little twist just, on it. Yeah.
1: I've seen some of the promos. And one of the promos, the the guy, the 70-year-old guy, is is weeping. And... He's saying, I, she was a wonderful person, and now I've ruined her life. And I'm thinking, uh, I've heard that before. Or <laughs> <laughs>
0: right in your own house.
1: Well, I, I would have to say, and I, I don't know if this is true of every guy, but I know, I know some guys who say the same thing. Now, look, I was never a roué. You know, I didn't date a lot of women. But mm-hmm. I would still say three or four women did tell me that I had ruined their life. And and a I, it's, just, that's it's just, a lot of power actually. It's just it. something. It's something that women of a certain age like to say. You ruined my life. It's just a cliche. I mean, one woman said to me, we we're having lunch, and a fight broke out, and she said, "You ruined my life." And I said, "You didn't even ru- I didn't even ruin your afternoon." Yeah, uh, that's just you know. Okay. But that's what people. It's just a thing that you know. Guys say stupid things too.
0: So, but if you walk away, how does that ruin your life? I don't know. <laughs> I've
1: never understood I, that. I just have no idea.
0: I mean, I dated women before I met uh, Andy's mother and had a good time and all the rest of it. You never had a bad breakup. No, we either. I just never got. I was one of those kind of guys. I never got too deeply involved. You know, I, I yeah. guess I was on the precipice. Uh-uh. But if I, yeah, I just didn't want to get too deep deeply involved until I knew this was going to be the deal. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then when I met Catherine, I just, I literally knew immediately that this was the deal. Yeah. You know? So I got, I guess I got lucky in that. Well, I was dating a woman in Florida that I really liked, but, you Mm. know, it just, I knew it wasn't, because I was not going to stay living in Jacksonville. Yeah. So I knew it was just not going to work. So when it did break up by her choice, well, actually, I woke up one morning, I looked at the bottom of the stairs, and my suitcase was down there. (laughs) I see. (laughs) A hint? You're saying? I'm saying it was a hint. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. But I don't know how she's doing.
1: I had uh, I had this period, you know, where I was single, and um, I, I there were a, there were a couple, I'd say three women who I dated, or you know, I never thought of it as dating, of course. Yeah. Just hung out with, you know, and um, what I discovered was that um, eventually, usually like you know, six months to a year. Our relationship would break up, and then they would immediately get married. Really? Yeah. And these were women. Well, typically interesting. Typically, they, of course, because they're women, and and in those, you know, that was in those days, they were women in their thirties, and so they were probably dating a lot. And uh, the way I looked at it was, most of them had just been, they would all been in a relationship before, right? Right. And and what I realized was that I was the guy who foamed the runway.
0: Yeah, well, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's very, very true. I, I just
1: And I didn't mind that, by the way. No,
0: I understand.
1: But but that was just the way it was. I, I, apparently, I was a safe option. And then and then uh, one day, they said we need to talk. And then uh, before I knew it, they were married again.
0: You know, it's so weird. I talked about this the other day, too, that at first, when I met Catherine, I was 29 and she was 21. And that made me nervous as hell because mm-hmm. she seemed like a little kid to me.
1: Well, you're saying she wasn't <laughs> young enough. Uh, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. Uh, no, We're actually about seven and a half years apart, not not the full eight. But, but women uh, are,
1: they're essentially much more mature than men. Well, I think
0: that's true. Yeah, I think that probably is true. But I did have some concerns about, is this, this is getting too close to the Latter-day Saints here? <laughs> <laughs> and then you married two more women. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so and they were both 12 years well, old. Yeah, so you know, that,
1: It's a religious thing,
0: yeah, I, it's I, do you think part of that is a luck deal?
1: Um not just luck, I would say. No. I think I think, I think the great relationships are based on to some extent luck, but more it's just more, yeah. you know, because it's right, you know, you're right like the right person. Not that there's only just one, but they come along and you're in the you're in a good place to yeah. for it, you're ready to sit, to settle down. And uh because God knows most of us, you know, we're not ready at any time, mm-hmm. not when we're younger.
0: That. Yeah, I understand that to be true. No, yeah, no question about but
1: it. But I think then there's the karma thing, which I can't define.
0: No, that's very true. I don't know. Is it uh, Almost everybody I know now that's under, I would say, 40 years old, mm-hmm. almost all of them met their spouse online. Yeah, it's a whole different deal though. Oh yeah, a lot of people meet
3: online now, yeah. and like, and when people first started meeting online, they were always like, "Oh, we can tell them we met at church." There was kind of a negative stigma oh, yeah. about sure. it, but oh, now sure, that's now that's all gone. Where it's like, yeah, everybody meets and, online. And so,
1: how many women have you met online?
3: I think I dated one girl that I met online, but otherwise, I bet like my girlfriend, I met her in person, mm-hmm. out and about. So.
0: Yes, yeah not happened.
1: i I asked um well, I asked Max, my middle son years ago uh, now, but I asked him uh, well well so how did you how did you meet uh, your girlfriend? and uh, he looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> it's like everybody reads the same way. yeah, it's a dating app they do now.
0: Mm-hmm. Andy, what do you think of that? most of your friends meet their girlfriends or spouses online?
2: Uh well most of my friends would be one because i have one friend <laughs> and i don't <laughs> know how they go. met
1: God i'm shocked i, I think they oh, i'm just together, kidding, actually back at
2: i think yeah. i don't think they met online but i online is definitely becoming i would say the primary way of meeting yeah. anyone. Every wedding
3: that I DJ, it feels like the story is either they went to high school together or their magic love story started when one person messaged another person mm-hmm. or swiped right on Tinder or something like that. So yeah, it's yeah feels like everybody meets
0: online. So that would be a good use for the internet because most of it is dog shit.
3: Yeah, 99.9% dog shit, but there's a small sliver of hope out there.
0: Well, let's see, yeah. that's good news. And
1: yeah. I can tell you... um the, the best way that, that I met women, uh,
0: tennis. Oh, I bet. I bet that's your No, pickleball, too. Uh, Pickleball's I huge.
1: I, I didn't even hear what you said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I, because I don't want to make pickle joke. I don't want to seem derisive. Uh, but, uh, Why? I, I just don't. You're I, you've
3: always been pi- derisive. Not a fan of pickleball?
1: I'm, I'm a fan of running like crazy for an hour and a half. <laughs> Chasing that yellow ball for an hour and a half. That's 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 what's known as uh, a workout.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a workout. That's I've right.
1: seen pickleball. I, I had a I had a friend, a good friend, who uh, decided he was going to take up pickleball. He uh, he he, was, he had a lot of shoulder issues from playing golf.
0: So, oh, sure. So yep. he, uh,
1: So he decided he'd play pickleball. I, I think he fractured his knee uh, like Ooh. after like about the second time he played. So mm. it's, it's it has all the downside of genuine exercise, mm-hmm. and it's, and then, you know, as far as I'm concerned, none of the benefits, but that's just me. I, I just hate to see, what I hate to see most is a tennis court that's made into a pickleball court. Which is all of them? Pretty much. It's the sign of a declining culture.
0: Yeah, I think, do you think so? Yeah. yeah. it might be. God, I just saw a, a breakdown, your Thanksgiving costs broken down. hmm Uh, They have from 1990—well, actually, it looks like they're probably from 1985 to this year. You know, that last year was the highest cost ever for Thanksgiving, and it dropped a little this year.
1: Well, that would kind of make sense. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah, highest cost for everything.
0: But it's the first time it's dropped ever, it looked like. What if we adjust for inflation, though? Well, that's a good point.
2: I wonder.
1: And luckily, uh, most of the Thanksgiving events I've been to— Uh, pretty much all, you know, everybody brings a dish.
2: Yeah, it's becoming more of a thing rather than having one family or one person make everything.
1: Yeah, because how would you even do that? I know. If you got 15 people there, say, which is about like an average Mm -hmm. number of people.
2: So what was
0: the cheapest one and when was it? Uh, The cheapest one would have been about... 85, I'm guessing? No, 86 or seven, Because 85, it was up a little... Well, it started up right around $25 for the average person. Mm -hmm. And then it dropped for, it looks to be about the next three years, and the low point would have been 1988, it looks like. Mm -hmm. And then it shot straight up. But what was the low point? The low point was 20, let me figure it out, it would have been about $22. 22 bucks today is $58. So we're actually doing better than we were. Well, there you go. Because the average Thanksgiving meal now is $51. Well, look at that. 51
1: per person.
0: Yes. It's still a lot of money. <laughs> that, would,
1: yeah, that would add up. <laughs> yes, yeah. would yeah. add that's up.
2: a very nice, it's a, it's a meal at a pretty nice restaurant, not including drinks, of course. Yeah. yeah. Drinks alone would probably be $50.
1: And you've you got to have drinks at a Thanksgiving dinner, because then that's that's when the fighting breaks out between yes. the liberals oh and the conservatives. My.
0: Yes. Why do we still do that? I, you
1: know, I've never actually seen that happen.
0: No, I haven't either. No, I haven't either.
2: <laughs> I always hear everyone talk about it, but... Yeah. I don't know. It seems to be like a, something everyone agrees happens, but no one actually has seen happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like I would, Bigfoot.
3: I would rather eat my Thanksgiving dinner in complete silence than argue with, mm-hmm. with my family about <laughs> politics oh, yeah. or anything yeah, exactly. like that.
1: Well, my best Thanksgiving ever, at the time at least, I was 22 years old. I was living in Chicago. And that's when I went down to my favorite delicatessen. And I told you this story got a, got a turkey sandwich, a bowl of matzo ball soup, sure. and, uh, and a little slice of pie. I came back to my apartment, smoked a joint, and uh, then I watched football while I ate the stuff. And mm-hmm. it was so much better than any Thanksgiving dinner I'd ever I had. I bet. Uh, it was, you know, because most of the Thanksgiving dinners I had were, were so awful.
0: Yeah, you mean the food or just the people?
1: It was just the the, the looking across the table at the at the sad, depressed, and uh, drug addicted people.
0: <laughs> yeah, that does That'll not do
1: make it. for a happy meal. No, it does no. not.
0: No. you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, I the worst Thanksgiving I have ever heard of. Worked with a guy once in construction, and he was all happy. He said Tom because he had these rotting teeth, and you know, mm. kind of like on both sides. Meth. Maybe. <clears throat> but he said, Tommy, I'm going to have my teeth fixed about like a couple of days before Thanksgiving and get me in on Monday or Tuesday, I think it is. I'm going to have those teeth taken out and replaced. They've already got the new ones built and the whole deal is going to be great. Thanksgiving meal I can actually enjoy without worrying about my teeth. and It's going to be great. Yeah. I saw him about three, four days after Thanksgiving. Mm. Apparently, the uh, when you have new teeth put in, the fo- the phony teeth put yep. in, there's an adjustment period. Yep, mm, I heard that. <laughs> he didn't realize it. Ended up vomiting all over the Thanksgiving table. Mm. <laughs> nope. That suggests that he had an infection. Yeah, I bet you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you're right that it was an infection. But mm. apparently, he he spewed all over the old Thanksgiving buffet. Lovely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and. <laughs> Everybody went home in shock and
0: horror. Yeah. Myrtle, we got to go. It's time to Uh, head out.
1: Oh, I guess, yeah. (laughs) We'll see you next year.
0: Did you, I wouldn't imagine that you had a lot of guys boozing it up at Thanksgiving, did you? No. Devin? No. No. Andy, you didn't really either. No, not really. Yeah, see, in my my youth, you would see families fighting in the (laughs) streets. Sure. Oh, my God.
1: I remember, though, I do remember one Thanksgiving dinner. I don't think there was much. There was certainly not a lot of. I mean, nobody in my family drank at all. We pre- no. we all prefer opiates, and um, sure, certainly. And you don't want to mix. You know, you, you start no, mixing. That's that's, reason, that's when you yeah. have trouble. Yeah, and um, but but I remember it was it was at the one of the in laws' houses, and and it, you know the grandparents were there. It was a great. It was, it was a very nice meal, and um, and then. It was nothing out of the ordinary, but I got into kind of a heated discussion with uh, with someone in my family. I don't even remember who. Heated? Well, you know, yeah, a little bit heated because that's. Did you that's, start with
0: you son of a bitch? No,
1: no. no. <laughs> it was just it was it was it was an argument, totally based on principles and and our knowledge. It wasn't like it wasn't like in my family nothing was personal. You know, we never went into personal. discussions.
0: That's really smart.
1: That's 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 just the way it was. And, but all I remember is, so we were talking, and we really we were talking. We, I don't, I've experienced this before, but we, we really weren't even arguing. But it was a heated discussion. And um, my wife's grandmother looked up from her meal and said, why can't these Jews ever get along? What? <laughs> That's what she said.
0: Why can't these Jews ever get along?
1: Ever get along with each other, yeah.
0: Well, she had a point.
1: Well, I, I <laughs> But you know once again it, it's a cultural thing right it,
0: absolutely because one
1: person's argument is another person's discussion
0: I think that's very well again, why do Italians have to be so loud mm-hmm. <laughs> that's another one yeah, they just are
1: every culture I mean I, 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 I uh, a few years ago it wasn't that long ago three or four years ago i was I was doing a, I was doing a show uh, uh, like a you know just like a, a show for <laughs> for uh the suburban you know show channel six type thing, and it was a show about about suicide and uh so uh, there was a guy I wanted to talk to he was a he was a shrink over at uh at uh, fairview on at the uh, on the university campus sure and so he said well you know why don't we meet uh, why don't we meet up and talk uh before the you know a few days before the show and i i said yeah and he said so you know where that um it was uh well, it was a uh, I can't remember. It was a Caribou or something like that. Mm-hmm. It, that it's across the street from from the hospital. Yeah, you cross Riverside, and there's mm-hmm. a big coffee shop there. And I said, "Oh yeah, okay, yeah." Well, I and I said, to, and we set a time. And I said, "So you know, I'll I'll be the I'll be the, the little guy wearing the." He said, "No, no, no." He said, "I'll know who you are." So I walked in the place, and there were forty Somalians all talking at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> and me and the shrink. It's a cultural thing, that's all. It's yeah. not good, it's not bad, but every culture deals with it. And, and well, I think no they had one not. guy who was the designated listener, and it kind of reminded <laughs> me of uh, it was not that far from what I've experienced. Yeah. I'll Everybody like... talking at once, though, the, the din was was impressive.
0: I understand. I've been through that myself. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I love that stuff. Yeah,
1: it's just different. That's all.
0: When you need someone to listen, a lawyer you know and trust.
2: In a world filled with distractions, one law firm stands tall, fighting for justice. Bradshaw and Bryant. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. We take our mission very seriously. Our firm is dedicated to representing those who have suffered due to the fault of others, especially when they're distracted by their phones. Four seconds. That's all it takes to travel the length of a football field. But those same four seconds can change lives forever. Don't be the person who causes irreversible damage to others or yourself. Put your phone down when you're behind the wheel and be aware of your surroundings. Bradshaw and Bryant have championed the rights of the injured for over three decades. We excel at what we do. Bradshaw and Bryant is ready to fight for you.
3: Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com.
0: Seeking justice for the injured, Bradshaw and Bryant. Hey, by the way, I just took a glance at the Wall Street Journal, and I'm hoping this is as good a news as it sounds, and you guys could maybe vote on this. Global fight against inflation turns a corner, falling inflation across industrialized countries that open the door for central banks to start cutting interest rates next year. That is good. If that's true, that is great news. What do you guys think? You think it's true?
1: I think it's true until somebody messes it up
3: yeah I think it's something they, they're putting out there to give hope just in case they think that interest rates are going to go up, and then I'm sure between now and whenever they go up or down again, there'll be some new news that comes out to make
2: yeah up for
1: this. and one and one party's going to say the other party orchestrated this because the yeah. election's yeah. coming up. yeah oh, it's, right. it's, no it's always about, about that. the election that's coming up. Well, guess yeah. what an election is always coming up.
0: It is. Inflation is falling faster than expected across advanced economies, marking a turning point in central bank's two-year battle against surging prices declines in consumer price growth to below 5% in the U.K. last month and around 3% in the U.S. And Eurozone are fueling expectations that central banks could take their feet off the brakes and pivot to cutting interest rates next year. That would provide welcome relief to a global economy that is struggling outside the U.S. It's not exactly not struggling here either. No, but
1: but there goes the conspiracy theory because it's global. It's not,
0: it's not local. No, it's not local at all which is that's what i'm saying that's why i think it's such great yeah, news yeah it is cuz it seems like that's that's wonderful news and now what I
1: mean? now what i'd like to see is i'd like to see those $16 an hour salaries go up to about $22 an hour
0: they will i think don't I'd, you i'd think? like
1: to think so i'd like to think that people could 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 work slavishly at a job that would allow them to support a family
0: that would be nice now andy we just did a comparison in prices of uh, another thing what would the rate have to be to match, I'm just trying to think in my head quickly, a really robust economy back maybe a decade or two ago? Well, the ideal inflation rate is 2%. It's 2%, and that's what it is in America
2: right now. No, they said it's dropping to 3 I think. Oh, 3%. It, okay, well, you're right. So it's still a little high.
1: And 3%, you know, that's, that's where you get, like, anything more than that is considered to be an economy that's too heated up. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's not I mean, this I'm just talking about what economists say. What do I know? But that's what they say is like, you know, you get below 3%, then you've got a crisis of another kind.
0: Yeah. Do you think this will calm everybody's uh, anger?
1: <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> mm, well, the happen, thing is it? even if inflation slows to ideal levels, we still had several years of it being way too high. Yes. Right. So, it yes. would have to go down in order to undo the damage, and that's not going to happen. No, it's not. So good. it's like, okay, the fire is out, but you mm-hmm. know, the foundation is yeah. charred and ruined. Yeah,
3: and yeah. the interest rate going down doesn't help the person that already got locked in at an, mm-hmm. a high interest rate. and That, is still too, paying mm-hmm.
2: a, anyone a who pass. had to buy a house in yeah. the past few months, gone. oh, terrible. Yeah, well, well couldn't yeah. they just refinance eventually? But
3: yeah, depending on their situation, but if the the bank, yeah, you absolutely. can't just
2: say, like, you know hey, refinance my loan. Right. The bank has to be like, yeah, yeah okay. Mm. And if they're getting 8% on your loan, they're going to oh be like, hell God. no, I'm getting 8% on your loan. Go away. It was 8% yeah.
0: or it is 8%, isn't that's, it?
1: That's why the housing market's so bad right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've, I've kind of dabbled in the housing market. And it's like, you know, you start out saying, well, that's, that looks like a pretty good thing. You know, I get that house for, say, 400000 And then all the 10 percent's come in. Then it's 500000 Then that little thing you need to, to do at the front of the house to make it a little more attractive, yeah. 600000 It's not easy.
0: That big recession was, what, 1978, 79, something like that? 78, I think it, it was. was, was. It was a big one then. That was a big, big—I I remember, yeah. matter of fact, having to buy my first house and financing it myself. Oh yeah, I couldn't get any rates anywhere near a four. The rates were, I believe, right around fifteen percent. Oh wow, Jesus. that's incredible, isn't it? But it, the economy was just in it. What what did cause that?
1: I I don't know.
0: I can't remember. I I used to know, but there
1: was a lot of instability then, of course. But I don't know. See, see, one of the problems is now you you look at the um, you look at the uh, the three sources, the three you know the the three bodies that comprise our, our whole political system. Well, you've got guys on the Supreme Court taking bribes. You've got people in the house who thrive on hatred. Uh, They're now, they're starting to, to threaten each other and their witnesses. Mm -hmm. And you look at the Senate, which is mostly 75 year old men. That's like, I mean, that's like, those are the people who are talking sense. Which you know, I never would have thought.
0: But they're corrupt as hell. Well,
1: yeah, that's why I'm saying I wouldn't have expected it. But, yeah. But you know that that whether you like it or not, you know those are the reasonable people, by, but just by comparison. So the people, the people who thrive on on talking about violence and hatred,
0: they're not going away. They're here to stay. Well, we got to do something about it because they're literally destroying other people's lives. And we can't garbage. we
1: can't do anything about it unless <clears> we can. I mean it's we we know what the source is it's 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 well it's a lot of it is about money and then a lot yep. a lot of it is about gerrymandering how do you walk those things back they
0: do move that right along don't they
1: they do i mean that's you know like of of all the people in the house there is like you know 30 seats that are competitive yeah and everybody else it's just you 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 win the primary which is usually a done deal, mm-hmm. not always because now you've got these these far right Republicans threatening the the you know the republican republicans who are more moderate so but but basically when everything is just not even competitive when these seats are safe, then these people just get deeper and deeper into the murk
0: but every major market in America is highly democratic, every one of them, so why can't they change everything
1: you mean what, what by democratic? What do you mean?
0: I mean they're all Democrat.
1: Uh,
0: highly liberal cities in America are all the big cities. Well, big all cities mature. are
1: sure, absolutely, exactly, but, and that's
0: where all the votes are.
1: And and well, more and more, but
0: and it's going to get worse. But
1: still, not enough to not enough to. I mean, the the House is pretty much just split, and and the House is very powerful. Right now, it's a Republican <clears throat> House, but just barely.
0: The House, yeah.
1: But the point is, it's. To change that is not going to be easy with all, because it's not its not just the Republicans, of course, but it's because pretty much every seat is safe. So what you're doing, looks like it, yeah. everything boils down. It's just like, well, it's just like with, you know, with presidential elections. It all boils down to a few competitive districts or states.
0: And it's just a few.
1: It's just a few, yeah.
0: But it's so funny because I talk to people who are both, you know, pretty far left and pretty far right, and they sound exactly the same to me. They have the exact same argument. Oh, the other guy's the problem. Mm. That's the, always their argument. It's never, we need to get band together and get this taken care of. It's like, no, no, the other side, they're causing all the problems, which is, of course, complete bullshit. Well, they both cause huge problems. They
1: do, but a lot of it is that <clears throat> is that money and those other things we talked about yeah. are, are pushing people to the edges.
0: They, uh, there's no question about that.
1: And, you know, the people who say that, Basically, they're just saying what what the people in power say.
0: Well, I can predict when I—let's say I get up tomorrow morning at, uh, you know, 6 o'clock. And I will sit down and start watching some national news at around about 6.30, something like that. Mm -hmm. I can predict what Fox and CNN are going to say about anything. It's very predictable. Because they've eaten each day. Oh, yeah. And by the way, there's an agreement there that they, they got together. I am positive they got together and said, okay, you'll be the bad guy on the left yeah. and you'll be the bad guy on the right, and we'll have these arguments. This is all orchestrated. And what's this? CNN enters the ring with a chair
2: and Fox is on the ground. <laughs> but wait, MSNBC <laughs> is on the ropes.
1: Well, because, I mean, it's, I, I don't see it as a cause. I see it more as a result, but it's a cause also. They, uh, you know, there's a lot of extreme stuff going on, on cable news especially. There no
0: doubt now, about it. Now, cable
1: news is not, I mean, I, 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 there was a time when I would have said, well, the good news is people aren't getting their news so much from cable. Because, yeah. because then I would have said, you know, they're reading newspapers. Yeah. But now they're getting their news from Instagram, TikTok. Mm-hmm, they and, are. And uh, if, if you can't walk that back, you can't walk democracy is, back.
0: Is that an okay thing? No. I didn't think so. What are we going to do about that?
1: I I just I you know that's that's why I say that you know the only thing that can save democracy is is a lethal pandemic that wipes out half the population.
0: <laughs> so it's great news. Yeah,
1: great news. Yeah. I but that's I mean look at it.
2: You no, know, there'll be a cultural shift. There's yeah, a cult, there was a cultural shift away from mainstream media. It took a long time, but it, it's happening, mm. and uh, Gen Z's kids are going to shift away from social media because they're going to see it as dumb old-person stuff and have their own thing that's going. That's true. Yeah, they but, will.
1: but they won't be getting their news from actual journalists, you know, the, the people who are.
2: And they'll be getting their news from
0: AIs, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, well,
1: that's, yeah, you're probably right, and that'll be great, huh?
0: You know, yesterday I read something in the Star Tribune because I still do read it online, mm-hmm. you know. I've always liked reading the newspaper. Yeah. Well, always, I, well I'm looking at the Wall Street Journal right now. And how are look, you going
1: to know about local stuff? You got yeah. you got to get it from somewhere.
0: Yeah, there's no question about that. And it just... The newspapers, unfortunately, not many people read it anymore. They've gotten a lot better. They've kind of moved to the middle, not totally, mm-hmm. but they've moved in that direction, which I find interesting. I read their stories about why this is happening, why that's happening. They mm-hmm. actually, as... You just pointed out, I think they actually still deliver real news, Mm. unlike the, uh, and I think local television does a good job with the news, don't you?
1: Uh, To the extent they can, yeah.
0: Well, that's a good point. And
1: when you got like, you know, 10 minutes of news a night, you're not going to find out, you'll, you'll learn a lot about the weather, though.
0: Oh, you're going to learn about the weather. Weather and traffic. Weather and
1: traffic, yeah. Uh, That's why I always talk about the weather people. I I, I feel like I have a personal connection to the weather people because I'm inundated with weather people when I watch the
0: news. Very true. It is very true. But, I I look, this news just came out in the Wall Street Journal. I think it's phenomenal news if we really are. And do you think the Wall Street Journal would report it if it wasn't at least leaning likely to drop rates?
1: No, I. I mean, I. I'm prejudiced because in another lifetime I worked for the Wall Street Journal.
0: That's true. And
1: and I know that the journalists there are are industrious. They're they're educated. I wasn't educated. I was the exception. But <laughs> but uh, you know it's uh, but but they work hard and they take it seriously. And and I think that I think there's very little difference between what you know what you'll see in the New York Times. At least the effort that's behind what you see in the Times mm-hmm. and what you see in the in the Wall Street Journal,
0: you know. And yeah, I think that's right. Until you
1: get to the editorial page, and then it's oh, like, then it's totally different. No, you're in like a third yeah. and a fourth world there. But but no, they're, they they do a great job, and and I, I just but unfortunately, fewer and fewer people are getting any news at all from appropriate sources.
0: I'm the only person I know that actually even looks at newspaper sites.
1: Yeah, well, it doesn't shock me. I mean, it's what I do. The first thing I do in the in in the morning, and it's the last thing I do at night.
0: Well, because you and I grew up that way, I guess it was an actual newspaper you held in your hand. But
1: oh yeah, I mean, we uh, we grew up at a time when when you found you got the news in the morning from the Tribune and the news in the afternoon from the Star. From the
0: Star. That's exactly right.
1: And uh, that obviously is not the case anymore. But newspapers, I think they've they pretty well i think the ones that are good the ones that are industrious the ones that haven't fired 75% of their staff yeah. which is most newspapers it's most of them now. that's yeah. why the local newspaper is a rare thing now mm-hmm. i mean you've got we you got local newspapers but you know they don't they've got like eight reporters and i'm talking about big cities well look at the st paul paper yeah you know it's yeah. not a newspaper anymore
0: no it's not you're right
1: it's like a handbill
0: do you was there ever a time and I'm not making a judgment on uh, to call on this myself was there ever a time when the newspapers lied as much as television news does now oh definitely well yeah. you go
1: back to the to, to the you know like the, the front page era yeah which you'll see on TV occasionally the old bogey movies you know? right right but that was that was like what they used to call yellow journalism exactly. Yellow and you, journalism, in right. competitive markets you there you'd see that from some sources like mm-hmm. you know in chicago you'd see it from maybe you know from one newspaper and then like the chicago tribune would be more uh, conservative they were down the middle it's not mm-hmm. that the other ones weren't conservative or liberal it's just they were sensational
0: yeah that's true so the sensationalism is part of the like, whole like like
1: in new york you had the new york times which for the most part was was doing great work mm-hmm. and then you'd have like the daily news uh, later on, The Post. The Post,
0: yeah. And, you know,
1: <clears throat> those were, that was yellow journalism at its finest. Uh, I, I enjoyed reading both.
0: No, well, that's good. See, that, that, that's a good thing. You know, it's so funny, though, I'm going to be very honest with you, every writer for the New York newspapers, mm-hmm. both of them, the big ones now, mm-hmm. they have got an arrogance about them that I just do not understand. They're not very nice people. Is yeah. that because the the business is struggling?
1: Well, there's a thousand of them, so it, yeah, you know, I don't know that you can say that they're all like that.
0: Well, but, 999.
1: But it, yeah, but I mean, I, I like, I got to know a number of New York Times reporters, sports reporters, but, but they were genuine reporters and columnists. Yeah. When when I was covering baseball, and they were the nicest guys I ever met.
0: Well, see, that's great mm. to hear.
1: I mean, they like I was talking I was talking one day we're on the, the the press bus going going to the ballpark, and I was telling someone about the fact that um, I, uh, I, I had been shoved into this tiny room across the street from a cemetery, you know, many miles from, from the stadium, and uh, New York Times columnist, Dave Anderson, I think it was, very famous guy, mm-hmm. said, hey, I got an extra. I can help you out.
0: Well, that's nice. They,
1: that, that was, so that was them. Now, I, I, I knew a few reporters from the New York Times. Over the years. Mm-hmm. And um, some were pretty arrogant.
0: Oh, God. Because
1: yes. after all, it was the New York Times. And, but most, right, m- most right. of them weren't. I mean, I had a long, long back and forth discussion uh, a year ago or so with one of the New York Times reporters. And I, I pointed out some fallacies in a story he wrote. Really? Yeah. And he, he wrote back to me and we went back and forth. And it was a great, very, very nice intellectual, I thought, discussion about what he was covering. And I talked about the things I knew about. And, and so, yeah, I mean, there are, there are those guys. There's a story, you know, if, if you ever, there, there was the, uh, the gate to uh, book about the New York times. Yeah. It was called the power and the glory or I think something that's like right. that.
0: I think that is right.
1: Yeah. And he told a great story about, um, about a young reporter. I think it was, uh, Johnny Apple, as I recall.
0: Oh, Johnny Apple. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny
1: Apple was a young, arrogant reporter. This was the young guy who was arrogant though. Mm-hmm. And, um. So, um, he and he was kind of connected. And so one day he walks up to, I believe it was David Halberstam,
0: a legendary reporter. A guy who was
1: revered by everyone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Halberstam is, is, you know, everybody sits in the same room, you know. It's not like some guys have the the office corner or anything like that. Right. It's a newsroom, and and it's loud, and everybody's working and yelling. Anyway, Halberstam was very busy. And he was uh, looking down at his typewriter in those days, obviously. And he was hard at work. And Johnny Apple comes up to him, and he says, Hey, uh, Dave, um, I was at a cocktail party last night, and uh, I had a nice discussion with Punch. Punch was the nickname of the Sulzberger who was the publisher.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And 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 so he says to Halberstam, and uh, he spoke very well of you. Halberstam never looked up. Just kept staring at his, he kept writing his story and he said, fuck off, kid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that sounds like a reporter.
1: Yeah. That's a discussion you could have at any newsroom, really. Yeah, no question. But about it was fun it. to read about it at the New York Times.
0: I just, uh, now you mentioned the Star Tribune, and the St. Paul Pioneer Press, and all that stuff. They had some good reporters at times,
1: excellent reporters. They really did. Yeah.
0: Was that, they common? still do,
1: but there's not that many.
0: Yeah, there's not many left. That's true. Because
1: what's happening is we're not, we're not. Universities, for the most part, are not are not pumping out great journalists. You know, when I when I went to work at the age of 22, at at the Wall Street Journal, I, I mean, I'd probably written. I mean, I could just, I could hardly guess, but I'd probably written, close to a thousand stories. Really? Oh yeah, because working at the Daily, I mean, I worked 70 hours a week at the Daily, and all I did was until the. They unfortunately made me an editor, but but that's all I did was I I got in there, I I wrote stories all day, I I reported all day. I was a very seasoned reporter. You could argue about a lot of my skills, but I was a very seasoned reporter at 22. That doesn't happen anymore.
0: No, it does not. Now the
1: Minnesota Daily is it's not actually a newspaper. It's just online. And so you don't have the camaraderie. You don't have people learning from each other.
0: Don't have people taking shots at me in the cheap shit newspaper? Oh,
1: that you still have, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There are some traditions that
0: never go away. I am the tradition now, aren't I? Yeah. I'm the bad guy. It's hilarious. But
1: there was this camaraderie in those days, and people learned from each other as well as, I guess, I don't know. I never took journalism classes. But but I learned a lot in, in classes, other classes, most of which I didn't actually go to. But I still learned a lot. Reading. I learned a lot reading from those classes. But yeah, the point is, know. you know, when you've got that camaraderie and, and people are learning from each other, that also is, is something that helps your growth. That's gone.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so what are they going to do? And,
1: you know, the School of Journalism uh, it was, was I, I guess you could say it was saved by, by the Hubbard family.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: But it's not the School of Journalism anymore no it's the school of mass communication and something else and there was a survey done at one time there were like 700 students uh, that had that, that were that were they were students within that that building and they asked how how many of them they asked people uh, if they wanted to get a career at working in in journalism you know, like in newspapers or any other form of journalism Heart, like i think there were like five people who said yes really yeah they don't go there to learn journalism because there aren't any jobs.
0: So they just aren't and it's going to get worse and worse, I'm assuming. It's a syndrome. It kind of seems like that. Are newspapers around the country just going out of business?
1: Yeah. It yeah, kind of seems and, like well, it. and a lot of them just just made themselves out of business by as I say, you know, newspapers uh, like in cities in mid-sized cities, cities like uh, Cincinnati or Denver, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they're they're the ones who cut like 75% of their staff. So they're just shadow newspapers now.
0: They just couldn't afford them anymore? Well. The money's definitely dried up. Oh, God, yes.
1: Well, it is, but you've got to also remember that the, largely these were hedge funds that took over.
0: Yeah, well, there's it your answer know. right there.
1: So all they wanted to do was suck off all the, all the, all the liquidity they could mm-hmm. and, and leave it to die.
0: That's well, what they're doing to a lot of radio stations now. Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: same thing same it exact is the thing. same thing, yeah, it's
0: driving them right into the ground because they have no idea what they're talking about, yeah, not a clue, which is unfortunate, but
1: yeah we we got to turn those things around somehow.
0: is that going to happen?
1: I think with with newspapers are are being replaced and will continue to be replaced by smaller enterprises that that typically might be owned by the journalists themselves no, oh. and well, there you go. and I think that you know they' they won't need. They won't have the need to, you know, have people making millions of dollars in salaries. So that right away that helps. Mm-hmm. They won't they won't need to have huge circulation. They want to, but but they will at least continue to promote good journalism. I hope so. You know, like like <clears> in the suburbs, it's <throat> happening in the suburbs, like in Eden Prairie. The Sun newspapers, for an awfully long time, had an edition in, in Eden Prairie. Eden Prairie's gotten bigger, gotten more more. Um, more, uh, I would say they're they're more like a mid-sized urban city almost now, mm-hmm. and um, so they've got you know it's just like St. Louis Park, they have, and St. Louis Park's a small town with big problems, because they got big city problems. Yeah, they do. So what happened there was they walked away, and a, and a group of people, volunteers, started this thing. I think it's called the Eden Prairie Local News. So they just started their own newspaper. It's obviously not thoroughly professional at this point. They shy away, in my opinion, from some controversies that they shouldn't shy away from. But they're producing local news and they're doing a pretty good job and they'll
0: get better. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust, who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. So I have a question for you. Have there been, because I've been, you know, basically working until 8, 9 o'clock every night, so I haven't seen the news at all. Mm-hmm. Um. How are we doing with, uh, with well, like St. Louis Park? Mm. St. Louis Park, people didn't know this. You and I knew this. But a very large Jewish population and a very large Somali population. Right. So I haven't seen any riots or anybody going berserk or any of the rest of that. How's that working out?
1: Well, if, if you want to know how St. Louis <clears throat> Park in general is working out, um, spend, it, spend an hour or two uh, just... just Walking through classrooms and yeah. in the hallways of, yeah. of the high school.
0: That bad, huh?
1: It's bad. Yeah. Why? Um, God, You know, as, as I said, when that kid got stabbed at Harding, yes. it was a Harding, right? Remember that? I believe that's right. I think it was a Harding. And, and, and people said, well, God, what was the cause of that? And, and my response was everything. Yeah. It would I mean, be nice if it was just one thing.
0: You have to understand where I grew up too, and Mike, you know this. But where I grew up, when you got to the west end of my neighborhood, mm-hmm. I mean, Saint Louis Park was heaven. Yeah, I mean, it was. What happened?
1: Uh, it, it it just got to be a a, a bigger city with bigger problems. And uh, and I'm not. I, again, it's 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 everything. Yeah. You, you talk about it's like the economy is a big part of it. It's uh, there are you know there are people who are who are angry, and, and one of the things that I learned years ago reading about, about skirmishes in, in high schools across the country, and, and I think it still holds true, is when, when, you have, when you have certain people who are on the way up and then you have others who are on the way down, mm-hmm. and they clash, and it is not pretty.
0: No, it's not. So I,
1: much resentment, that's what it is. It's resentment, it's grievance and resentment, and it's all over the
0: place. Which causes deep anger. Yeah. And the anger levels are the highest I have ever seen.
1: Them. And you got what well, because of the economy, you know, now you've got a lot of kids who are basically raising each other.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: And so sometimes they they wind up in gangs, but it's just it's just never good. If you don't have a parent to come home to, uh then, then I think that's a bad thing. Yeah. But you know, you got in a lot of cases sometimes sometimes it's both parents and they're both working, you know, maybe two jobs just trying to pay the mortgage. And so they're rarely home.
0: Why do you think it is, Mike, where I grew up and you actually lived in the neighborhood for a long time? I do not remember uh, Catholic, black, and Jewish people fighting over anything. Yeah, We just didn't... North Minneapolis, see, to me, people don't realize this, but I have these great memories of growing up in North Minneapolis, learning from all these different cultures... And when i bring up the word assimilation people get pissed off at me oh god but that's what it was we assimilated toward one another
1: and the people who uh, hate assimilation and say that it's forced on them and that now, you know right. they're destroying their culture yeah uh, we just we'll just wait and see how your children feel about it
0: yeah well that's a great point
1: because the children typically are it's like they they i think they have a very healthy perspective just like just mm-hmm. like the you know the Jewish kids that I've known did, and it's changing, but you know they were they embraced their culture, they valued what their parents went through, uh, but they also they also pretty much assimilated, you know and and so, yes,, and which they, is
0: a good thing
1: well, it's it you know the the, the what there's an anthropologist. A guy named Jack Weather, Jack Weatherford. He was a professor for many years at um, at McAllister. He was an anthropology professor, and I believe he is now residing in Tibet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, a little bit of a jump. So, no, not for him though, not for him. I suppose.
1: And and he, he, one of the things he wrote, which which always stayed with me, was that there cannot be any progress without the creative clash of cultures. Yeah. Uh, but the clash isn't always so creative anymore.
0: That's a, see now that's a very good point. The clash used to be a good thing. Yeah, but now it's not.
1: Not so much. It's, it's it's. I guess in some ways we have to wait it out, but in other ways, it's just a different perspective now. People feel like people feel like you know that they're they're being forced to and and, and uh, they they feel like you know they're oppressed and and hey being being it was never easy to be a first generation anything.
0: No, I'm sure that's in any true. country,
1: but certainly in America, when you know, when when a lot of people, it wasn't just the Jews, when a lot of people came to this country at the turn of the century, they never, it never occurred to them that they would someday have leisure time.
0: That's a fact. Yes. That they
1: would even get away from the tenements they lived in in New York. It never occurred to them. They had that was not on their agenda. Happiness was not a thing. That was for their kids.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: And uh, so, but I think, you know, uh, that's, so we, I think all of us whose families came over here in the 1900s, and there are a lot of us, as I say, a lot of Italians, obviously, a lot of Irish, Irish, Irish
0: yeah, you the Italians,
1: list. Jews, and, you know, we'll, we more than we'll ever know to those, to those people.
0: Because they assimilated. I still, to this day, mm-hmm. cannot believe I was called a racist for insisting upon assimilation. And well, because
3: them. most of the time when somebody says they want people to assimilate, it's used with racial undertones. Like people have twisted uh-huh. that word; they have as a, twisted right. The word. Yeah, whereas yeah. opposed to, because it's obviously like, yeah, if you come here or if I move to a different country where you know they had a whole different set of norms, mm-hmm. like yeah, you would kind of go with the flow Absolutely. of the place that you're living. Whereas here, it was used, I feel like, a lot of times with. You know latin american people moving here and be like well learn english and assimilate and blah blah mm-hmm. blah and so it's was definitely used as a negative thing where in generally speaking it's like yeah you want to come here and yeah bring the best parts of your culture here and we'll bring the best parts of ours and we'll make a new That's way forward what,
1: together and now you have politicians uh, uh, and, and a lot of other people saying things like go back to where you came from
0: i just said mm. that to you today well,
1: right exactly <laughs> And I went home, and I sobbed, <laughs> yeah. and uh, came back.
0: I often do go back to where I came <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Exactly. See, I, when I was a kid, whether it was the Irish you mentioned, the Italians, the black families, the Jewish families, mm-hmm. I thought it was nice that they asked me to learn about them. Yeah. You know, that to, mm-hmm. uh, assimilation to me is learning about being black or being Jewish. Mm-hmm. We can learn from each other.
1: Exactly. There's nothing wrong. We have to do it. That's progress.
0: So do you think these educators will ever get their head out of their ass and go, you know what, that point was a good point. We have to assimilate. We need to come together.
1: If you said that in a classroom today, somebody would want to fire you.
0: No, there's no question about that.
1: And they might well be successful. I mean, look at all the book burning that's going on in schools. It's unbelievable. And it's, it's actually, it's a very few people who are igniting the yep, books.
0: Yep, it's true. It,
1: but but they've found a way in, and there's politicians who have, who have managed to be successful politicians, if not human
0: beings. Okay, do you know another honky like me mm. that speaks as much Yiddish as I do? <laughs>
1: uh, I don't even know many Jews who do.
0: <laughs> well, that's <laughs> true too.
1: But you know, they're trying <laughs> to hang on to that part of the culture because that's obviously dissipating. And uh, yeah, and indeed. I, not I have to say just but. That, uh, that has probably affected my entire mishpuka. you
0: yeah, damn right. I said
1: ironically.
0: It was great. I, I said ironically. That's a great word. Same situation. If I didn't hear about, you know, Nipsey Russell and all these great, would I have ever discovered Richard Pryor long before everybody else did? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I assimilated in that I learned black humor. Mm. That is an mm-hmm. assimilation.
1: Well, and, and you and my mother always, she, she went to North High School long before right. you did, but... She always talked about how how great it was at North High School, it had nothing but good memories. Phenomenal. Yep. And she had this little song she would sing, which was painful, but um, <laughs> it was <laughs> it was like the lyrics were you know uh, we're 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 uh, we go to North, you know there there's black people and Jews, and we all get along. Yep. This kind of what it was about. They were yep. very proud of the fact that that people got along it because was, they were in this. But you have to remember also they were basically in the same economic class, too.
0: That's exactly right, and again, you throw in the Catholics with that, mm-hmm. and we all worked on it together, and, and when your mother went to that school, it was the highest-rated public yep. school in the country. Oh, yeah. damn!
1: And there were like 3,000 kids at the school. about
0: 3,000 kids. It was the highest-rated in the country. Yeah. And this now, is a
1: public school. Now I think there's like 800 kids, and
0: most of them don't go to class. <laughs> That's exactly uh, right, man. Too. All right, we're going to close out with five minutes of happiness, which yeah. I think this is, by the way. Lean into one another. Yeah. yeah. Once again, the, the, the people who have the loudest voices live in areas where everybody's just like them.
1: Well, right, because that's all they have to do is be to be more extreme than mm-hmm. any opponent who comes along.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. So why are they the experts that get all the TV and news coverage When they have no idea what the hell they're talking about. I listen Mm. to some things that are said on TV and go, you have no idea what the hell you're talking about. But they think they do. It it produces good sound bites. Yeah, I guess Mm -hmm. so. But to this day, I will never understand why assimilation became such a bad word to these people. Because you think Mm -hmm. they thought it was forced upon them.
1: Ah, uh, you know, it's, again, it's like there's so many factors. That
0: there's so Cause many. Because you're not exactly. talking about
1: a disease, you're talking about a syndrome. Yeah. And the, and the, unfortunately, you know, when you're talking about a syndrome, uh, the the uh, you know it's it's just this this huge spike, of things happening all at once. Yeah. And and you you only you only measure, you don't measure it, in any kind of scientific way. You just you just measure it by the symptoms.
0: I would say this. Josh Arnold's going to be on this show tomorrow. He's on every Friday. Mm-hmm. God, why do I have to work with two Jews? I just don't understand it. I don't get it. Well, I know
1: one thing. I can't get along with him, so. <laughs> <laughs> which is true. He's a, he, I like the guy.
0: Oh, Josh Arnold's a great guy. Very
1: passionate guy.
0: He is. Great. Very
1: old school.
0: Yes, he is. But, you know,
1: if, if, uh, you know, if I was looking for a guy uh, to manage my, my money or something— what little of it there is i i'd want a guy who's pretty conservative
0: no yeah i think oh you have to to give it all away yeah but uh i want to talk to him tomorrow about this what looks to be really good news that the interest rates are going to begin to drop next year Mm -hmm. which would be terrific that's great news it is really really good news to talk to you about the very things we talked about today how many other shows can do that? They don't have anybody like you to talk to like that. Because nobody got angry. Nobody went, "Oh my God, this is horrible." No, we're trying to come together here. So, so,
1: let me maybe maybe I can end with a story here. Which I like I, it. Which I want to tell. Uh, I told the story to Bob the other day, and it definitely. Uh, it's still kind of I can't get. I can't get past it. it it's just interesting. So I'm. I I I, I walked into Barnes and Noble. By Lake Calhoun.
0: What's that?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> well, they sell these things that uh, I don't know what they're called. Bricks? Uh, something that people, something yeah, there. there's bricks there. And then and people, like, are always picking up these things. I, I don't yeah. know what they are. So they open and, and they start something. reading stuff. Yeah. And who reads anymore? No. So I go in there, and, and it's like Saturday afternoon, and there's a crowd in there. Now, there's never a crowd in there. No. Never a crowd. There's a crowd in there. And I walk in, and I'm, I'm a horrified. Basically, I just went in. I wanted to talk to a friend of mine who works there. And, um, but there were all these people. Now, given my eyesight, which, you know, I, I can see pretty well straight ahead. Mm-hmm. But my peripheral vision is bad. And when I get into crowds, I bump into people.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and it's not, you know, like, if, so luckily I was not in a bar. And if, in a bar, you, drunk, oh, you, you bump into someone and they oh, say, yeah. hey, asshole, you got a problem with me?
0: Yep.
1: But they don't say that in bookstores. No, they don't. They're just mildly sarcastic.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So I'm 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 weaving my way out of the place, and I got my I'm very much fixed through you know my central vision, which is good. The rest isn't. And naturally, I I brush some guy, and I, I hear him say something, and I look around, and and he said something. But I I of course immediately assumed the worst, right? Mm-hmm. That he said something very sarcastic. I have no no reason to believe he really did, but I just sort of assume that. And then I got a glance at the guy, and I thought, oh, this is Kenwood money that I'm dealing with. No, oh, I like it. This guy, he's dressed impeccably. He mm-hmm. looks, I mean, he looks fantastic. He looks like, like uh, he's about, a, a guy in his 50s, but I mean, he looks superb. Uh, and everything's in place. You know, his hair is perfect. He's, he's wearing a scarf that literally probably is worth as much as my entire wardrobe. <laughs> you know, and... Uh, and I, uh, so I, but I got out of there. And then, like, as I was, after I got home, I thought to myself, you know, that guy's really looked familiar. I, 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 I thought I probably had run into that guy before, you okay. know. And so I uh, didn't think much more about it. Uh, it was Saturday night. I was watching a football game. And the football game was boring, and I didn't have that much money on the game, so I wasn't. Oh,
0: so you had some, but not that. Not much. Not
1: that much. So I wasn't like I didn't need to watch every play. So I'm flipping around the dial, I, and I'm flipping around HBO, and there's the guy.
0: Really? He's he's
1: in a movie, and I and that's when I realized it was Mark Ruffalo.
0: Oh, I like Mark Ruffalo. Well, who doesn't? Uh, he's really good. Yeah. He's got a new a new movie out right now that's supposed to be really good. I yeah. Can't remember what it is.
1: Well, pretty much everything he does. I agree. Gets good good reviews. You know, he's got
0: a hell of an attitude in person. Oh yeah. He's got a so hell it of an attitude. So it might have been
1: sarcastic. I don't know.
0: Oh yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. That guy's got an attitude.
1: So I don't. But I, you know, I, at the at the least I could have said something like, "Hey, I love your work" or something. Yeah. Know? Right. Um, which they hear all the time.
0: Look, I think we all hopefully we can figure this out. We are going to get through this. It looks like the interest rates are going down, which is really going to help a lot of people. Right. I think the people are getting really sick of this hate speech that goes on everywhere. And if those people on the extremes want to keep it up, keep it to yourself. Yeah. Go do it somewhere else. Yeah. And it's never going to be perfect, but learning about one another and wanting to know the difference between the four people on this show right now, because there are big differences, mm. but there are also tremendous similarities.
1: And, you know, and... And Tevin needs to learn from this because he went to college in North Dakota. So he knows nothing
0: well, about it. He's got it. no idea no. what he's talking <laughs> about, you know. It's one of those yeah, you know. very
3: different uh, Fargo, North Dakota from North Minneapolis. Uh,
0: a little yeah. different, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah that's I, true. I
1: think you time you've been to Fargo any number of times. I right? lived there. That's right, you lived there, yeah. I did, yeah. And I used to do a little business there, so uh, I, I did some writing for a client there and I was in Fargo any number of times. And um yeah. A different world. Yeah. You
0: know what's so great about that? You just, I did not even thought about this much. But when I lived in Grand Forks, North Dakota, KNOX, I lived with a black family. Mm-hmm. Many years, not many, but a couple of years later, and I went to work at KVOX in Fargo. Mm-hmm. I lived with a Jew. <laughs> so we're
1: gathered at the table
0: here. You know, you just can't make peace with your own people, can you? Well, there were no Catholics up there. A lot of Protestants, but no Catholics. Oh,
1: yeah, I suppose that's true. There's
0: a lot of Protestants up there. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. all right. I thought this was. I hope everybody understands. We do have hope of getting past this anger huh. and hatred, and what we have to address, Mike. And I'll I'll close with this question. Mm-hmm. Do you think we have to do something about our education system because they're not educating anybody anymore? It's failing. Failing yeah. miserably.
1: But I, but I tell you one thing, I am optimistic and and I'll, I'll tell you how I Good. can prove it. The other day I bought a 16 pack of toilet paper.
0: 16 pack. Showing great optimism for the future. The plus that you're spending some big money there. Oh, well, yeah, it ain't cheap. <laughs> it's not cheap anymore. No,
1: no well then I, you know, I had to I had to live on ramen for a weekend.
0: Andy, would you look up very quickly? The United States postage stamp is going up in price again, and I think it's the sixty-one cents.
1: It's still a bargain, Tom. Let's see. I think here. it's sixty-one.
0: It might be a little higher than that. It's though, a I great think. bargain. Those it people is. do great, great work. Oh, I love the post office. They're it, wonderful. Yeah,
1: and those 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 workers. I mean, uh, there's a guy who delivers my mail most of the time, and. I see him like you know. I'll see him in the middle of a rainstorm. His whole body is yeah, soaked. Yeah. Yep. And but as they, the model says, he's at work, and I see him with the snow encrusted in snow in the yep. wintertime. and great. he's walking up hills, and he's he's risking his life really because he's walking on sideways and you know and sure. and sidewalks and driveways that are glare ice. Yeah. Uh, what they do is fantastic. I agree. And that's why. I'm just telling you what I do, but I when I, I get the emails and they say now you can go, you know, you can go all digital. Nope, mm-mm, I want the mail. You
0: know what's hilarious about that? I had a mail mail delivery guy tell about a year ago was a huge fan of the show, just a great guy. I get the I've not been told this, but I get the feeling the new guy not such a big fan of the show. Yeah, <laughs> isn't yeah. that hilarious?
1: I never I never had that problem with with the. Uh, always always all the all the the mail carriers anybody who worked for the post office I ever engaged with they love the old morning show the ones who've heard this show love it yeah and a lot of them I've educated and told them how to listen and love it and you know the, yeah they're they're fans so those those civil service workers they are our people
0: they are there's no question Andy what'd you find out 68 cents in January. Or well, 68 cents. That's mm-hmm. a big rise, bud. That's a big rise, 61 to 68. And the reason I want to close with this is, Tevin, when Mike and I were little kids, <laughs> how much was a postage stamp? The, the earliest number I know is 5 cents.
2: Mm-hmm. That's not it. I, when, I don't think so, yeah. I would assume
0: like a quarter. Okay.
1: I think 3 cents. Three
0: cents. Three, cents. three, three cents. cents. It's over 20, what, three times more expensive now? <laughs> well, <Yeah. you> <laughs> well, I
2: mean, they, they made up for it in volume back then. But yeah,
0: that's true. You could get Was a White
1: it? Castle hamburger then for six cents. Six cents, yeah. So I think in proportion, it's about right.
2: No, yeah, there's a lot more calories in one of those than two stamps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk
0: to you tomorrow. Thank you.